Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back. It's awesome to see both of you again. How are you going? Hi. Hi. How was your Hi week? Hi, guys. Very well. Hi. Good. How, what, what did anyone get up to? We didn't, I didn't get up to anything except work. Oh, well, I'm school holidaying with children because over here they've actually been in school. So we've just got a couple of weeks off. So nothing too exciting. Just, you know, some mother and son activities. Mother and sons. I had to travel for work this week. So I've been dodging coronavirus. Oh, how do you know where it is to enable you to dodge it? Well, so the hotel I stayed in this week um, had a case of coronavirus last week. Oh. So I dodged it. Good job. That simple. And then there were, um, there were lots of uh, cases in the town I was staying in that had uh, coronavirus um, exposure sites. And I missed all of them so far. So that's good. That's good news. Good to hear. Okay. All right, so it's my what are you case. Drinking, Swanee? Oh, sorry. Yep, sorry. Go ahead. What are you drinking? I've got Swanee? a little, a little mini bottle of champagne that was given to me with some chocolate some time ago. So I've just grabbed it out of the fridge, and I thought I could work through that quite quickly during our or during Schmidt's telling of her story. So I'm ready to go. What have you got this afternoon, Clarky? I uh, got myself a lovely little Lozona Rosato from Christmas. Uh, in the King Valley, which is very delicious. It's nice and fresh. Uh, we're doing this episode a little bit earlier than normal, so I didn't want to start with anything too heavy. So, yeah, all is good. Good idea. And, Schmidty, what is that dark substance that you're drinking? It's back on the pirate juice. Uh, do like a bit of rum and coke. So after a, let's say, arduous week in my paid employment, uh, I have uh, cracked the weekend early with a little bit of um, Captain Morgan's Black Spiced Rum and Pepsi Max. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So, without further ado, shall we introduce ourselves? That's an excellent idea. I, can I start? Yes, please. Go ahead. I'm Clarky. I'm Swanee. And I am Schmitty. And together, and together we, we are, are trial. Trial by wine. Or <laughs> rum, depending on how you go. But yes. Or grunter's are... wipeout. Yes, whatever. <laughs> we are trial by grunter's wipeout. <laughs> trial by grog for sure. Who's got I, a case? I have a case. I will explain. I, I reflected on the last two cases that we did. Still I'm processing the effect of... Catherine Knight, because that was quite quite an in-depth case and um, very dark and had lots of themes in it which were quite disturbing. So I try to go for something this week that's a little lighter, but still very interesting and a bit macabre. Oh. Well, Upbeat, but macabre. <laughs> Light yeah. and macabre. There's nothing like the hilarity of chopping someone up with a chainsaw, is there? <laughs> It's no one gets chopped up with a chainsaw that I'm aware of, but I will say no one gets murdered 
And I suppose that's oh. my baseline here. <laughs> what I'm going for is no one gets, well, mm, actually someone gets murdered, but anyway, it'll all become clear in a second. When I say no one, I mean someone. <laughs> I mean, actually quite a few people, but I'm not necessarily privy to that information. And, and as I like to do, I like to create a little bit of uh, context for some of these things. The hey, society... Can I just ask you a question yeah, on go that? Ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you like to create a bit of context and I'm mindful that this is trial by one and, and we don't necessarily nail the facts. <laughs> do you mean give a little bit of context or create a little bit of context? Oh, probably a so bit Are both. you making this up or is it true? Oh, no, I'm not making up. I have side okay. references, but it doesn't necessarily mean it pertains to what I'm about to talk to in terms of the case. Yeah, no, great. <laughs> just wanted to be on that. <laughs> Go for it. I'm creating a uh, spurious line of connection. Is it like mood lighting? Trying <laughs> yeah, to set yeah. the scene? Yeah, yeah. Bit? I'm trying to set the scene. Don't know if I'll do it very well, but here we go. Before I delve into this story, I have a question for both of you. Have either of you ever collected anything? Yes. yes. Right. When I was younger, I collected oil lamps. Uh, what? Just, uh, yeah, I know. I just had this thing for oil lamps, right? And uh, were you getting oil lamps as a child? No, 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 no. When like I started, lava lamps? No, 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 oil lamps, old-fashioned oil oh, lamps, yes. right? Like, yes, gotcha. Yeah, 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 uh, with a wick and you put the oil in and sometimes it was smell like citronella, sometimes it was just standard, I suppose, paraffin oil. Oh, God. No, I, I just had a thing for it, right? But how old were you? You said you were a child. I mean, it's quite a... No, I said when I was younger. Of... When I was younger. Oh, yeah, so I'm going on 71. Apologies. I was thinking <laughs> you as a child doing it. Fair enough. Mitty had grey hair and wrinkly skin as a seven-year-old. I think Paul's probably landed on a point, which was when I was about 17, I thought I was about 85 or I behaved <laughs> like I was 85 at any rate. Nana Schmidt ring any bells? <laughs> Correct. Nana Schmidt's all coming back to, to, to bear. <laughs> I became younger as I got older. I'm Benjamin Button, Button literally. Yep, I agree. Um, but... When I was younger, I had this sort of idea of I liked everything that was um, oldie, tiny, oldie, worldy stuff. Yeah. And um, one of those things was oil lamps. Anyway, point is, we've all collected something. That was my collection. What have you collected? I'm embarrassed to say after that, I, the first thing that sprung to my mind were erasers. Like when I was a child, you know, those smelly rubbers that you used to sniff? Oh, really? And stickers, yeah, you know, that was what was in. You used to go to Granny May's, that little quirky shop. And, you know, I'd use my pocket money or whatever else to buy erasers that were of different designs. I used to like sniffing them because <laughs> they yeah, were supposed nice. to have different scents. So I did that and stickers, but that was when I was probably 10. Paul, what did you collect? Uh, early on, I, I was a philatelist. I collected stamps and I had a, like a photo album that I used to put stamps into. More recently, I collect full bottles of wine, which magically over the course of a weekend turn into empty bottles of wine. So it's quite funny because there's just the two of us in our house and we have an uncanny knack of filling up our recycling bin, which is quite big. You could probably fit a couple of bodies in it or a whole lot of empty bottles of wine. So I, I'm not sure if I collect full bottles or empty bottles or both, but yeah. yeah. I'm not sure in the lines of collection that buying something to consume it is actually a collection. It well, I'm just... not saying I collect wine. I'm saying I collect bottles. <laughs> empty bottles. Well, I start with full bottles, but they magically end up 
I wake up in the morning and go, oh, why is that bin full? How did that happen? A, what a coincidence! I think. Deirdre Chambers, as we like, it was just a running <laughs> theme a in our podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of coincidence going on around here. There is. Well, why I'm do you glad, ask? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we're all collectors of something because if you ever wondered why people collect items, I should give you a little bit of a background as to why that happens. So, uh, according to Wikipedia. For people who collect, the value of their collections are not monetary, but emotional. And that might play into your collection there, Paul. 100% um, it does. Agreed. <laughs> I, I can concur with that Wikipedia and nailing it. <laughs> the collection allows people to re relive their childhood, perhaps not you, Paul, connect themselves to a period or a time they feel strongly about. Their collections help them ease insecurity and anxiety about losing a part of themselves and to keep the past conti to continue to exist in the present. Some collect for the thrill of the hunt. For these collectors, collecting is a quest, a lifelong pursuit which can never be completed. And I think I, I feel I like think that I might never be true. complete my quest. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Can I just interrupt again for a sure. second? Because I had another thought about what I collect. So you may recall a woman named Amelda Marcos, who was oh, yes. the wife of Ferdinand Marcos, I think his name was, and he was the president of the Philippines, Philippines. was it, or Indonesia? Yep. I get Philippines, I think. Philippines. Yep. So she collected lots of shoes. So anyway, um, the reason I'm telling you that story is her name was Amelda, as I said. Stuart will sometimes call me Amelda Undies because he thinks I have too many pairs of undies. <laughs> um, so maybe that's also what I collect. But I feel like it's a bit harsh because I've got more than a week's worth, but not enough for two weeks' worth. So I'm not sure if that's a collection, but well, yeah, yeah I don't think that's a collection. Undies. If you've no, only got seven days of underpants and Stuart thinks that's <laughs> gratuitous, it might suggest. Well, no, more it's about... more than seven. It's just not fourteen. Yeah, but if Stuart's got less than fourteen days worth of underpants and he thinks that that is gratuitous. I wouldn't call that a collection. I'd call that a normal person. I'd call that a he's, lot of washing. He's, he's actually in the background disputing the 14, but anyway, as I have the microphone our, and our, there's our, this our, trial by wine, I'm going right. less than 14. And I think after five episodes, we probably should clarify that the collaboration of this podcast is Swanee, Schmitty and Clarky. So when you hear a fourth voice... That's, That's our Stewie. Stewie. That's our Stewie. You're very welcome. <laughs> Collecting may provide psychological security by filling a part of the self one feels is missing or is void of meaning. That's your underpants, apparently. <laughs> or my stomach with wine. That's right, your liver. Yeah. When one collects, one experiments with arranging, organising and presenting a part of the world which may serve to provide a safety zone. A place of refuge where fears are calmed and insecurity is managed. Motives are not mutually exclusive, rather different motives combined for each collector for a multitude of reasons. According to the Journal of Therapeutic Benefits of Adult Doll Play. So I'm about to talk oh. about a doll collector. <gasps> which explores the psychology of collecting and more specifically doll collection. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. 
I know where this is going and it freaks me out. You may know where this is going, or you may think you know where this is going. And no, that we're will... gonna have to start drinking <laughs> a I'm lot have to more. start drinking wine for therapy now, not just for fun. <laughs> we'll see Up where this goes. Dosage. We'll see if you're right. Just, but either just a way to our listeners. <laughs> either way. I can guarantee you're probably going to need to drink a lot of wine around this episode, even though no murders took place. The Journal of Therapeutic Benefits of Adult Doll Play explores the psychology of collecting and more specifically doll collection. Sorry, can I interrupt? Sorry, Schmidt. You may, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, could you just quote the reference you're using? That's a a genuine... It's literally a journal. A journal, (laughs) okay. Oh, Right, got Bad it. Journal of Modern Doll Play. I think yes. it's called like journals.com. Uh, but I can say if you wanted to look up who wrote this, Angeli Ignacio and Gerald C. Kupchik wrote this article. Nice. In the journal? It, um, in the journal. Is and it the, the journal of I can't believe it's not that? <laughs> dot com? Oh, no, no, no. This is factual. This is, this is serious I can't shit. believe it's not credible. And what's it called again? Please just repeat it. Therapeutic benefits of adult doll play. Therapeutic benefits of, of adult, adult doll, doll play. play. Right, that's now. I am making. I to, to be head. fair, okay. to be fair, I am making a, a connection between my story and the therapeutic benefits of adult doll play, which you may is dispute it, later. <laughs> is it may. an alternative therapy? Do you think? <laughs> uh, I I think it's actually much larger than any of us realise. Uh, I, I mean, I think. I've, I've done, um, I've been to psychiatrists or whatever they're called, counsellors, um, mm-hmm. doctors. Never once have they explored the therapeutic yeah, but, benefits of adult doll play. But, but adult doll play may not have been more. a therapy for whatever it is that you are talking to them about. So you've got yes. to remember that, you know, like there are lots but, of but, different. But more importantly, maybe it is. And so you're about to tell me something that they don't well, know this about. might help. Exactly. This may help you. I doubt it. But this may Who help you. tell. All right, so according to this journal, similarities can be found in a niche community of adult doll collectors, especially in areas related to negative emotions, for example, isolation and anxiety and social interaction. This doesn't sound positive. Just bear with, okay? I'm trying, I'm trying. Just stay with me. Discussions regarding the therapeutic benefits of dolls and doll play for adult collectors are present on social media platforms. BJD Addicts Group on Facebook. What? What does that stand for? Uh, it does sound with, like Stuart. No, no, it's to do like with joints. It's to do with um, it's to do with dolls with different joints and movement. They're called ball jointed dolls. Thank you, thank you. I put in BJD and it came up straight away. There ball jointed dolls. BJD Addicts Group on Facebook and the online ball jointed dolls uh, BJD forum Den of Angels and doll-related hashtags on Instagram and Tumblr, along with supplemental informal interviews from active members of the doll community. This is just freaking me out. It's like Chucky. I just feel like we're going to have a story about Chucky. It's actually worse, but anyway. Doll collectors stated that mere physical interaction with their dolls, e.g. brushing their hair or changing the clothes of the dolls, has a soothing or healing effect. I'm pretty sure once upon a time, I, in fact, I know, I saw a documentary on Channel 4 in the UK when I lived there. There's a whole community of people who collect reborn dolls. If you don't oh, know what it is. I remember that documentary. Yeah, what? it's a classic. 
Okay, what so you're a There's not even born dolls. How can you have a reborn doll? I'll explain what a reborn this doll is. Gross. They're basically dolls that have been expertly made to look like real babies. Now, because <laughs> we've changed our platform, <laughs> I shall share with you right now what a picture. Are these dolls like they use in movies? Is that what we're talking about? No, no. Yeah. These are people. Okay, so I'm sharing the screen. What are you seeing? Can you tell see a, me? Can you see a woman holding no, a baby? No, no. Tell me, this woman hasn't got a reborn. That's yeah, a doll. Tell me she hasn't got a reborn baby because she doesn't have baby. Of no, no. Own. That's that's interesting. You say that because that is a common misconception of the people who actually enjoy reborn babies. Oh, sorry, reborn dolls. Often they have their own children. That's a reborn baby, right? And here's the other image of the reborn baby in her arms. <laughs> no, that's just wrong. Okay, so to be just... fair, it's better looking than one of my kids when he was born. So you know. Oh, look how scary it looks. That that's I don't a think serial it looks scary. killer baby, right? Well, accurate to be fair. Uh, well, there yeah. you go. Carla, as the only Dead mother eyes. amongst us, the only person who's had a, a newborn amongst us, can say, look at the fingers. The fingers yeah. are really accurate. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the eyes, though, and going, that's a dead soul. That's seriously going to be Yeah, you're right, right because it's going. not actually a real person. So you're, it is a dead soul because it's a doll. So you're but absolutely it will, right. But it will walk the halls at night with sharp knives. <laughs> How do people not see that when they get a reborn doll? People yes. will pay up to $20,000 for one of these dolls. Are you kidding? No, that's how important this is to some people. Okay, so these collectors become very emotionally attached to the, and dress the babies up. When I say babies, I mean dolls. Sometimes you see them taking them out in strollers to walk mm-hmm. through parks. Yep. But it's really like an adult form of extreme role-playing. The work is extremely realistic and the as the hobby has grown or the subculture has grown, the people who create these have come up with ways to make the skin respond like human flesh. So if you push the skin, it bounces back like human flesh. So it's, it's nothing, partly why they cost... It's just them. messing with my head. Like, <laughs> it, it's not real. I'm not even close to my case. What? I know. I know, but oh, I can just see that whole... Like, we're just trying to create a whole lot of chuckies that are going to terrify generation no 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 no, no. people the women who actually or people who buy this don't convince themselves that this is a real child so it really is this sort of do they do it's about role play i can appreciate (laughs) that people get a certain amount of validation from other people's responses to certain stimuli and i'm just saying that this is not about people yeah yeah so people yeah but carla you've had small babies right and, and so some of these women have had small babies and enjoy the reaction of people who are in the moment of thinking they've had a small baby when they're... No, when they're is that what we're talking about? They want more of that. Yeah. And instead of being Catholic and having 12 kids, they have... What are we well, calling just, these? Reborn dolls. They just role play what it they feels like. They enjoy having a newborn baby. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it works for baby. it works yeah. for women who have had children. It works for women who haven't had children. Not all of us. In the journey of life, if you're one of those people, um, is it that there's a fork in the road that says you can become a crazy cat woman or you can become a no, no, reborn no, no. doll? It's not a crazy mama? thing. I think I get where you're about to go with that. 
I'm not sure where I'm going with it. I'm intrigued as to where you're going with it. Oh, it's great. No, what I, what, I, what I wanted to say was they get different emotional validation, I suppose, from this activity. Like with a cat or a dog, right, You, the animal is dependent on you, that you get a lot of emotional validation from them. In this case, no one is thinking that this doll lives for them or lives because of them. Do you know what I mean? No, and no, and I'm comfortable at this point to say that it doesn't matter how much you try to explain this, I am not going to get it. And <laughs> okay. so, I'll so let's move just on. move on because yeah, 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 wow, yeah, yeah. this is just so weird. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, and I'm intrigued and it freaked is out at the same time. Instead, Saint Hilaire has observed that the dolls tend to satisfy an imaginative itch in collectors, whether they're making reborns from kits and online tutorials or merely choosing how to dress them. In her view, the dolls aren't child substitutes as much as companionate props in something like a large-scale role-playing game. Oh, I've got no words. It's just a doll. Because of their realistic appearance, reborn dolls have occasionally been mistaken for real babies and rescued, in inverted commas, from parked cars. <laughs> After being reported to the police by passers-by. <laughs> no, no. When, so when you started on this and you were talking about it being macabre and funny without involving death, I was thinking, how is it going to be macabre without death? And, and now you know, totally and I've it. just talked about something this that's not... That's wrong. But I don't get the reborn bit. Caroline, are they called reborn because... The idea is that once you've taken that initial sort of canvas as such, you're re yes. not birth it, but it recreates. Yeah, you're it. turning it into something that is it wasn't. So the vital doll was yeah. looking moderately, you know, like we've all seen standard. The vinyl doll would not have murdered you but for <laughs> reborning it, in which case now it possibly could. <laughs> the, the vinyl doll or the ball-jointed doll. Ball-jointed doll, it's just wrong. Do not oh, look it up because I just looked it up. And there's, you know how Schmitty was saying it's BJD, which is ball-jointed doll? Yes. Apparently there's an ABJD, which is What's an that? Asian ball-jointed doll. So there's obviously a subcategory of that subset. So Are I'm you just, serious? I don't, I don't, I worry that Schmitty might be going down that. Or not no, worry, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, Okay. I'm not. That was just when I looked up those initial letters that there's obviously other... Well, what, what <laughs> there's is, a lot what, of doll is, play going on out there. Well, what I was what trying to it? say was that's right. There's a lot of doll play going out in the world. There's a normalisation and then there's real fringe shit. And my case is <laughs> fringe shit. Do you think that that's what you'd say See, if you went to see the psychologist and they went, well, to be fair, I think you've, this is some real fringe shit I'm seeing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm not sure how you go That's right. And my case centres on a man who is at the extreme end of this. I just want to know how you go from collecting stamps to collecting ball-jointed dolls. Okay. Maybe you're about to find out, Clark. Great segue. Obviously, doll collecting is only one sort of collection, and there are plenty of people who collect stuff, including cars, football cards, Pokemons. Collecting. Collecting in its own right is not a unique behaviour. No. Correct. But now we've got an understanding of as to why people collect stuff. Here is the story of Anatoly Moskvin. 
my sources are Wikipedia, obviously, but I feel Wikipedia loses some of the uh, color of a story. So I have- Yes, um, I tell a very factual story. Yeah. So I have interjected and added the color of the story from various sources, including vocal.media backslash criminal backslash the Russian doll collector, the NY Post and various syndicated news outlets, including the Daily Mail, of course, .co.uk, which is essentially everything, every Murdoch news media syndicate. Here we go. Anatoly. Came on. Came on, Mole. Anatoly <laughs> was born on the 1st of September in 1966 in Nizhny Novgorod, Central Nailed Russia. Nailed it. Nailed it. The former lecturer Nailed in Celtic studies at the Nizhny Novgorod Linguistic University. Moskvin previously worked at the Institute of Foreign Languages, a philologist, linguist, and philogot. Spoke 13 languages. Moskvin has written several books, papers, and translations, all well-known in academic circles. So he was a really, really quite well-respected academic. So he was just a cunning linguist, basically. Stuart, can you look up what a philologist is, please? He's on it right now as we speak. He's going to nail it. <laughs> He's our know. fact checker. And cunning linguist also has a cousin, distant cousin, Greek bloke called um, Palacio Sedonis. Jesus, <laughs> how did we get to that? Okay. What's a so he's saying philology is the study of language in oral and written historical oh. sources. Oh, wow, okay. A good linguist. Well, yeah, what we're taking from that is this man was That's really going to be good quite interesting, language. I think. Yeah, I don't know if it has much to do with the rest of the story. Anyway, I suppose what it, what it does do. You got do, caught up in that thing. Yeah, we got down the rabbit hole. What that does do, though, is establish him as a pretty well-respected academic, describing himself as a, and now this is more important, necropolist. Oh, no. He was an expert in death and dead yes, shit. no. Moskvin was considered an expert on local cemeteries in the Nizhny Novgorod region. In 2004... You want that in the community, don't you? Like you need a doctor. <laughs> A dentist and an expert on death. I wonder who else is in like in, in the little town that I live in, we have a school and a CFA shed, so we don't even have doctors. But I wonder if there's a what might it, be what sitting next to him. I think you might oh, find you might so become be. <laughs> you guys might over the course of time become a necropolist. You might have to take it on. So in 2005, Oleg. Ryabov, a fellow academic and publisher, commissioned Moskvin summarize and list the dead in more than 700 cemeteries in 40 regions of the Nizhny Novgorod Oblast. The Oblast being like a, a region. A, a, LGA. A, LGA, LGA, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yes, an LGA. Good word. Moskvin claimed that between 2005 and 2007, he had gone on foot to inspect 752 cemeteries. Oof. A lot of cemeteries. Walking in how, how many years? years? Two years. 750 like in two years. 752 that's cemeteries. That's what he did. He's a freaking expert in death. But that's a, two a, a day. lot of cemeteries to visit. Yeah, it is two a day. Well, there are a lot of cemeteries in the... Nizhny Novgorod Oblast. LGA. 
He walked up to 30 kilometers a day. During these travels, he drank from puddles, spent nights in haystacks and abandoned farms, or slept in the cemeteries themselves, even going so far as to spend a night in a coffin being prepared for a funeral. None, none of this is ringing alarm bells for me at all. No, no, no. He's a perfectly normal individual. The drinking oh. from puddles is, you know, <laughs> couldn't take a drink a bottle. Coffin. What year was this? Uh, it was between 2005 and 2007. Okay, so it's not like wartime or anything like that. Anyway, this is just yeah. his hobby. The reality is, yes, he could have taken a drinking vessel. <laughs> on his extensive okay. travels, Moskvin was sometimes questioned by police on the suspicion of vandalism and theft, but was never arrested or detained after stating his academic credentials and purpose. Going back to my point oh, about oh, him yes. being... I'm so smart, I don't have to... I don't commit crimes. I'm an uh, academic smoke show. What do you want from me? Yeah. yeah. I'm a necropolist. Exactly. I'm not your guy. I'm a necropolist. I think you'll find Yeah, it. I can speak 13 languages. Why would I kill someone? Or... What do you yep. mean I drank out of a puddle? What's wrong with it? <laughs> it's not a crime. It's not a crime. The work itself remains unpublished, but has been described as unique and priceless by <laughs> Alexei Yezin, the editor of Necrologies. It's um, funny, right? It's like people who are on the fringe giving credibility to people who are even further on the fringe. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to even know about that fringe. <laughs> okay, fair enough. A weekly paper to which Moskvin was a Weekly? Regular... <laughs> there's that much demand. The Australian Woman's Weekly had to become a monthly, but there's enough interest that it can be a weekly thing, publication. I really do need to explore uh, these things. I'm happy for you to explore it. I'm just conscious oh, of how much oh. more I've got to talk about. But okay. Sorry, darling. No, no, it's okay. The work did, itself... did they have a centrefold in each weekly edition? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't look up the actual uh, publication. A ball-jointed baby. A ball-jointed, Asian ball-jointed dolls or, oh. I don't know, cemeteries I visited during the week. <laughs> Jesus, this I, is I, messed up. Have you seen that meme? Uh, how many days we've been in lockdown and mum says to the little girl, and she goes, too fucking many. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Very cute. It's how many how many cemeteries have you visited in the last two years? Who fucking manner? The work that Moskvin did for this publication itself remains unpublished, but has been described as unique and priceless by Alexei Yezin, the editor of Necrologies. Many of his articles enlightened the, his sensual interest in deceased young women, which I took for romantic and somewhat childish fantasies the talented writer emphasised. So this editor of this paper just thought that this guy was, you know, fantastic. It's romantic. And he's just doing it for shits and giggles. So he's just saying, basically, I just thought this guy was, you know, exploring these themes, but I didn't think anything of it. I think we can comfortably say he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> After Moskvin's arrest, Yesen stated that he was confident there had been a mistake. And Moskvin was a loner who had certain quirks but who gave no oh, indication mate. he was up to anything unusual. Hang on a minute. So just, just to recap, yep. we've started with collecting collectibles. Dolls. We've gone on to reborn dolls, which freaked me out. And then yep. we're about to go on to certain quirks, which I feel are much worse than reborn dolls. Is that right? Well, yeah. I think it's fair to say that you and I and Carla wouldn't see it in the same light as reborn dolls we might think that's whack and weird but i think we'll find that this is more whack and weird 
Between 2006 and 2010, Moslin worked as a freelance correspondent for the newspaper, a different one, Nizhny Novgorod Worker, publishing articles twice a month. During 2008, Moskvin wrote an extensive series of articles on the history of Nizhny Novgorod's cemeteries. In the 2000... paper sounds a little bit bizarre that they have a story about it's Russia. cemeteries. It's Russia. Who can say, right? And different things appeal to different people. They clearly have a good readership. It's different people. In 2009, people were investigating the desecration of graves in the area. And initially, the police thought it was the work of extremists, as many of the graves were Muslim. They got a break, however, in 2011, when they were investigating recent reports of grave desecration and found Moskvin at the cemetery. Investigators from the Centre for Combating Extremism discovered the 26 bodies in Moskvin's flat and garage. Video released by police shows the bodies seated on shelves and sofas in small rooms full of books, papers and general shit. After police found numerous grave accoutrements such as metal nameplates removed from headstones. Police also discovered instructions for making the dolls, maps of cemeteries... Instructions in the for making the dolls? We'll get onto that in a sec. Maps of cemeteries in the region, a collection of photographs and videos depicting open graves and disinterred bodies. So no it... one cottoned on to this bloke. Okay, so basically from 2009 to 2011, there were a whole lot of accounts of people saying graves have been desecrated, but the police didn't have any leads. They thought that it was just vandalism. So they, yeah, they didn't wouldn't really... It would be the bloke who visited a grave a day or a cemetery a day, but lots about it. Yeah, but writes about it in the local paper. Yeah, but exactly. earlier he, he he completely worked on this whole uh, persona of being I'm an expert. Like basically, I'm an archaeologist or I'm an anthropologist and, and I do no, these things. So they didn't no, suspect not, him. Not basically that at all. Basically, I'm a fucking weirdo who likes well, to dig up bodies from graves and make dolls out of them. That wasn't his story. His story was. No, but, I'm an it, no, but oddly, I think it is his story. I'm untouchable. I'm just an academic. I just happen to be here. Okay. They also found a collection of photographs and videos depicting open uh, graves and disinterred bodies, although none of this evidence could be conclusively connected to any of the bodies found in the apartment. According to the investigation, the bodies primarily came from cemeteries in the Nizhny Novgorod LGA, but some may have come as far as Moscow, which is a different LGA. Oh. Moskvin actively cooperated with investigators, claiming he made the dolls over the course of 10 years. His parents, who were away for large portions of the year, were unaware of his activities. His parents lived upstairs. So he had an apartment. Oh. From what I can gather, he had an apartment under the parents. Elvira... Anatoly's then 76-year-old mum said, we saw these dolls, but we didn't suspect they were dead bodies inside. We thought it was his hobby. Hang on a minute. There's dead bodies inside the dolls. Oh, my God. The dolls are dead bodies. Yeah, they thought they were dead. I thought it might just been the skin, but it's like no, the whole no, thing. No, no, he's been collecting the bodies. He's been stealing what, what, bodies from graves. What makes them dolls? No, they're not he dolls, made them they? dolls. They're, they're he just, made them dolls. He reborn He's just got did he? dead people in his house. Here's the connection to reborn babies. Yeah, Instead of taking a vinyl doll and turning it into something that looks like a newborn baby, he took a dead body and turned it into, <clears throat> it just looks like a giant doll. It's whack. So 
His mother said, we thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls and did not see anything wrong with it. She and oh, Anatoly... Did they not smell? She and Anatoly's father, Yuri, who's 77, went to their country house each summer, leaving him alone in the apartment, which is apparently when Anatoly used this to his advantage and visited graveyards to obtain his next doll. To your question about the smell, the Moskvin's neighbours were all shocked. What? But an academic... Stating that the historian, <laughs> all academics smelt like that. <laughs> mm. I mostly, smell. mostly I moths in my smell, opinion. Not the dolls. Moths or moths balls in my in my experience. He was quiet, and his parents were nice people. They even dismissed the rancid smell, which emanated from his apartment, down to the stink of something that rots in the basements of all the local buildings. No one suspected no. a thing. What is this thing that rots in the basement of all the local buildings? Apparently, the every local building stinks. Rising damn. Okay. Rising so, damn. I, I feel like the house prices are cheap in this area. Didn't these parents? Oh, of course. No, they, did, they didn't. They stink. Oh, they're old. They all smell the same. And the whole place stank. No one saw anything. No, like his colleagues, no one thought. That he was anything other no, than... No, no, that, that's not true. He, his parents saw dolls. Yeah, but they didn't like, think anything of it because... They just... must have smelt. Was he, did he let them in the house or the apartment or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I, no. I see. I come in to see my son and I see smelly dolls that don't actually look like dolls, but I'm not going to ask any questions. I think People in the majority of cases, which I'll get on to, but he mummified them. So they, did, they weren't rotting corpses. Oh, he right. mummified them. No, but there's a stink and there's dolls that aren't dolls but maybe dressed up for yeah but i have been to um like egyptian what do you call exhibitions in your friends houses no 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 (laughs) like a normal person (laughs) museums like a normal person and the mummy doesn't smell they just chose to ignore it mummification basically stops decomposition no i'm aware of all of that but I, if i went to a friend's house <laughs> and they had mummified bodies in there dressed up as dolls i probably would ask some questions i will show you images of these dolls when the time is appropriate really and you Isn't will that? not you will not necessarily ask any questions well no, you, just, you may just normal. recognize why it was hard for other people to even the police when they showed up is it on a no. smellogram? Like, is no. it smellovision no. so we can get the smell of the basement? If you'd been in the ground long enough, so assuming he's a grave robber, what how, what would, it, what sort of it, smell would we be talking about? Do we have any idea? Well, that's exactly the point. Or is the smell gone by that point? I don't it, know. It depends on the level of decomposition. Yeah. No, no, but, but, but there's definitely a smell because they've written it off as the stench from downstairs. Of yeah, all you oh, right. there was a smell. Much. I mean, there was a smell. Clearly, right? So, but they couldn't, just saying when but the they couldn't determine up, they... the difference between the smell of the normal surrounding town and these dead bodies. I'm sure his apartment didn't smell like a floral bouquet. No, but, it, but they're all saying this is the smell of all the houses in the town. <laughs> we, we live in Stinkville. I bet, I bet the vodka intake per capita in that town is very high. It might be. Even by Russian terms. Okay. If you would like to understand the motive of this individual, he, in 2007, (laughs) Anatoly contributed to an article which shed some light on what his motives were. 
which was published in a local paper and no one read it? Uh, no, it's no, been published, published. It's quite widely published. Anatoly oh, divulged, going back to my original sources, Anatoly divulged how when he was 13, a group of men in black, and they weren't, they weren't chasing aliens. We need a um, little bit of theme music for this bit. <laughs> they stopped him on the way home from school. He's oh. 13, right? Anatoly recounts in the article, the men were taking part in a funeral of 11-year-old Natasha Petrova when they saw him and dragged him over to her coffin where he was forced to kiss the dead body. I don't know why. Allegedly, the girl's grieving mother then put a wedding ring on Anatoly's finger and a wedding ring on the dead girl's finger as well. She married them, weirdly. Anatoly wrote, I kissed her once, then again, and then again. My strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful. He then explained it led him to believing in magic and ultimately it manifested into an infatuation which shaped his career and took over his life. Anatoly's hobby involved... How did it lead to an infatuation with magic? I'll, I'll get to it if you let me. Anatoly's hobby involved roaming from cemetery to cemetery, taking detailed notes on each cemetery, and then he delved into the histories of those who were buried there. I don't think anyone in the city knows them better than I do, he said, of his extensive knowledge of the region's dead. I feel like he's right. Couldn't he have just found his child bride and... I think, I think we need to make a game she show was dead. Happy she was dead. I know she was, but why didn't he just take her and then no we didn't have to go and get all the others? He was married to by her. By the time he was in a position to do that, he was 20-something yeah. and she'd been rotting in the ground for nine years. Can, okay. can we test his knowledge on whether he's the most knowledgeable person in the area by having a no. game show no. about, like, <laughs> cemetery of the century or, you know, something that... You know, if you go back four rows and six to the right, uh, and what are they famous for? Uh, Yeah, possibly. But given that he was the foremost necropolist, he is literally known as the expert in dead people for the area. But the reason I ask is, would there even be other contestants? No. Because I feel like... There would be a one-man game show. Yeah, we're somehow normalising his behaviour. But actually, nobody is an expert in this field. Nobody spends time in this field. But old mate is like... Old um, mate. I'm not normalising his behaviour at all. I was just saying some people like to collect shit. The community is. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and people like to spend time in the dead centre of town. So, you know your question earlier about the magic and how this will go exciting for you? Yes, I do. I recall. Oscar stated he felt great sympathy for the dead children and thought they could be brought back to life, either through science or black magic. And this is where his academic background is brought to bear. As an expert on Celtic culture, Moskvin learned that the ancient druids were left on graves in order to communicate with spirits. He also studied the culture of the peoples of Siberia, in particular the ancient Yakuts and discovered they had similar practice for communicating with the dead. Moskvin began searching for obituaries of recently deceased children. When he found an obituary that spoke to him, he would sleep on the child's grave in order to determine if the spirit wished to be brought back to life. He claimed that he had been doing this for around 20 years and insisted that when he... Who decided if the spirit needed to be brought back to life? He did. Well, 
correct. He did. It's not magic, is it? <laughs> but it was based on the feedback that he got from the spirit in his head. Well, well, what, well was <laughs> it? Yeah, yes. He never dug up a grave without the permission of the child within. So he believes not that he's true. speaking to the spirit of the dead person and they're saying, yeah, I'd love to come home. I'd love to, you know, be alive again. As he grew older, it became physically painful for him to sleep on the graves. So he began bringing the bodies home where he would be more comfortable to sleep near them. He hoped the spirits would be more willing to speak in a safe, welcoming home that they might be easy to hear when they were no longer underground. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with his assessment that they'll be easier to hear if they're not underground, but only if they're not dead. Like if you were buried alive and you were six feet underground, it'd be difficult to hear. Yeah, I don't disagree. After exhuming the corpses, he researched mummification theories and techniques, going back to your point about the stink, um, in an attempt to preserve the bodies because they weren't fully preserved. He dried the corpses using a combination of salt and baking soda. And there's something we learn every day, isn't it? That's handy to know. Yes. Yes. So they and weren't, then, in, were they not embalmed? Were they were like they, moist at times? I'm not sure because, them? because it seems, if we go back to the original thing, which was there were a lot of Muslim graves that were actually um, disturbed. I don't know whether Muslims embalm. They're, they're dead. I can I tell like you when you see some photos later on, the answer might be no. But from now, because I have, I'm tantalising you by not allowing you to see the pictures yet. Okay. 100% you're tantalising me. Yes, I am. <laughs> that is the working definition of tantalising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a vomit bucket. Just give me a heads up before you tantalise me. Oh, it's just so weird. So that I can um, prepare yeah. myself. I will. Okay. He then cached the bodies in secure dry places because we all know that if you want to mummify something, you need to keep it in a dry place and around What's, a, what's a secure dry place? Would well, you keep your rice and your pasta, wouldn't it? May, well, maybe you should have had a lot more yes. rice involved. In the pantry. Your, yes. Or your linen press, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, he's basically using uh, salt and baking soda. But, you know, rice is very good for desiccation. So, you know, maybe you should have used more rice. He can bring a mobile phone back from the Exactly. Rice, he's got them so in the rice. you can do that with a... Yeah, I've not tried well. a phone, but I've definitely done it for watches that have got too much condensation and stuff in them. That does work. Body. This is fantastic. So once the body's dried, he carried them to his home where he used various... Hang, hang on a minute. Just before we get to once the body's dried, <laughs> like he's digging up non-dried bodies. Moist. Yeah, moist well, is exactly the word. I, I don't know. And to be I fair, feel I... like, like you, you try to pull it out and it'd be slipping through your fingers and oh, things would be yeah like I'll, I'll can, can you give me a hand and you pull I said that it hand was macabre. And like the hand would come off that's what I'm envisaging I don't as know as I said it was a quite a macabre story I don't know the level of decomposition with most of the bodies so I can't answer how it slippery doesn't sound good though does it I can't answer how many were slippery and how many weren't um let's let's say it's a 70 30 split of slippery versus not so slippery a dead body that needs to be dried out doesn't sound like the kind of dead body i want to be around i don't want to be around any dead bodies but anyway me neither but like, like give me a hand and oh 
So then he took it to his home. (laughs) He took it to his home where he used various methods to make the dolls in an attempt to give the children functional bodies to be used when he eventually discovered what no men, all women. We'll get to that. that, We'll get to that in a second. That's a big surprise. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think you're going in a direction that's not what this is. Anyway. Most of them really? were children. But yes, most of them were children. Sorry if we sorry if we sound a bit judgy there. You are a bit yeah. judgy. They were mostly women. No one I, likes a male sorry. doll in their lounge room. They were mostly children, but none of them were male. They were mostly children. And I suspect that of the of the more adult spectrum, they were quite petite, so childlike. Uh, okay, so um he was trying to work out a way to bring them back to life feeling that their physical remains were too decayed and ugly for them to be comfortable or happy. Oh, shit. So, so what it's is... like makeover time. What he's trying to do was... How to look 10 years younger. Bring them back yes, to life exactly. and make them feel better about themselves is what we're I hearing. I feel a bit gaunt If you saw this moment, person in the street, how old would you put better? them? What would their age be? Ooh. And then a week later, it's like, oh, da-da. <laughs> Unable to prevent the bodies from withering and shrinking as they dried out, my eyes don't sparkle like they used to. <laughs> he would wrap the limbs in strips of cloth and stuff the body cavity with rags and padding oh. to provide fullness. Sometimes that, adding... They weren't embalmed at all, were they? They were just like dead bodies. They were mummified. Were... He was mummifying them. That's right. Yeah, but they weren't when they were when he was bringing them up again. They were you, just you like could be right. You could be right. Closes. As I said earlier... I don't really know. It was like it's a messy state. Unable to prevent them from withering and shrinking, he'd wrap them up, really? he'd stuff them with stuff, and then he decorated them with stuff. them with stuff, yes. He like, stuffed them with cloth. <laughs> like breadcrumbs and herbs. Cloth. Like... Literally, at one point, he put music boxes in some of them. It's, it's weird. How many uh, music boxes did he have exactly? That sounds far-fetched. He just, maybe just one or two. Anyway, then he decorated them with nail polish. Oh. And would put on makeup their nails on them. or just everywhere? Well, it does say nail polish over the faces before dressing them in brightly coloured children's clothes and wigs. Because, of course, they lose their hair. Like you got me like a <laughs> It's 2005, so I doubt that. Marcella, stay with you for like six months. You will not even know. Like, <laughs> stick for you forever. You look yeah. pretty. Beautiful nail. I don't think that he was using shellac or gel coats because there are more modern technology for crypto nails. gel. He got the crypto gel. He's got an old school Revlon bottle. Okay, so these things made the bodies appear to be large homemade dolls, which prevented their discovery. It was unclear if each doll contained a full set of human remains. So we don't know what right. he removed. Is it like a jigsaw puzzle or a, a Frankenstein doll? Is that what oh my saying? God, you guys are so into this that I'm going to now share the pictures. I'm ready. You may need a drink for this. This is not Ugh. good. Oh, so what are we going to it. see? We're going, You're to, see going the to see the dolls. Can we warn our listeners at home before we see this? Oh, oh there's the that gorgeous reborn. Hello. <laughs> I know. Hello, I've, I've, I've got the reborn. <laughs> I've got the actually quite attractive, not actually as offensive as you thought it was earlier. That doll. baby has killed a thousand people at <laughs> oh, least. On the screen. This baby's done no harm. Has done. Has Neither. done. 
neither have any of the dolls you're about to see because they are all victims of a person who is not well. Oh, just rip the Band-Aid off, quick. Quickly, where are the pictures? I Do need you to have see. your drinks? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not ready, but I'm ready. So here is Anatoly himself. Hmm. Yeah, it looks normal. It looks like a lovely academic. That's not oh. very doll-like. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, Look at those choppers. Paralysis. Is on a coffee table? Paralysis. <laughs> like, like his parents walked in on that and went, oh, that looks lovely. I don't think they did. Paralysis. We are looking friend. at a picture of a very mummified state head. That's um, such a lovely doll and I love the smell of your apartment. Here's one of his dolls. Come on. <laughs> So what we're looking at here is a person with a green fluoro wig. Looks like um, a toffee apple. That look, <laughs> a very plastic looking face. Yeah. Very fake eyes and look, could be a straw. I don't it know, doesn't I'm not look sure. like a doll at all. Well, you can understand why when the police arrived, they wouldn't have assumed immediately the that bodies, was a human. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I can't. Here's another one. This just looks like a fake mask of something. Look at masks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it looks like, and I think behind it is another possible mask. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Jenny Pratt haircut. Oh, that's more like it. That looks like a doll. That looks like a doll, and I don't know. Okay. She's fancy. So I believe that he, of the collection that he had, they ranged She's quite dolled up. I think she's a (laughs) favourite. She definitely had... A better makeover than the green wig. Yeah. Of the collection that he had, some were as young as three and some were as old Ooh. as 20 something. Oh, God. So, sorry. So this. It looks doll, like a real doll. That's, that's, yes. I don't know how he made his dolls, really. So that could be a person in a real doll. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because it's yeah, like, like a, a real doll. doll. Don't know. This is one of the more. Oh, come on. That's a bit more urban. One of the more famous pictures, which has a person in a puffer, puffer jacket, yeah, a, a red puffer jacket. Again, That's paper mache well, at best. Well, the, the, the mask in front of the face is, yes. This next one we're looking at now, it's almost like the face of it is a paper mache picture on something. Yeah. And then and a bit of Devo going on as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No disrespect to the individual who's pictured. What oh. I'm showing you now is the one that we just talked about, the um, Devo one. The image on the left is the actual person. Oh, move on. That's no, no, I'll talk about, I'll, I'll get him over shortly. But she was 10 when she was killed, and that's what he turned her into. The lifeless is not uncanny. At least, uh, her, um, at least she's warm in the second picture, I guess. Yeah, this person doesn't even get a face. They just look like a big onesie. What are you imagine trying to accommodate 26, 29 people in your house all the time? Well, can I just show you behind behind this? Could you know I talked about I might have talked before we started a hoarder mentality? Yeah. There's a lot of shit in this apartment. If you look at behind this prone uh onesie wedding dresses. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of wedding dresses in the apartment and accoutrements strewn around, which were the ways in which he dressed these dolls. So I, I'm not sure they were all just dressed at the same time. I, I, I feel like he changed what they were wearing. He, he oh, changed right. it up a bit. But all that shit behind yeah. them 
behind her is where he got that from. Right. And that's it for the pictures. So, <laughs> goodness me. Having it's seen all of that, story. how are you feeling? Sick. Bilious. It's, it's weird, good. isn't it? Yeah. Moskvin was aware that he was committing a crime, but he felt the dead children were calling out to be rescued and believed that rescuing the children was more important than obeying the law. He was also motivated by his own desire to have children. I'm an academic. I'm an academic. Don't question me. Yep. But he wanted a child and specifically a daughter. Mm. So earlier, earlier when you said, why are there no males? He really wanted a girl child. What I a don't sweet believe, daddy. I don't believe that. There are plenty of people who want a girl child and they don't go and dig up 26 dead bodies and make dolls out of them. That's because people are lazy. Well, this to be honest, is, they're, they're to not be honest, committed. They're like, not prepared to do two years on the ground at cemeteries. Yeah, I, I want no, one. Lazy. I just don't want No, no, no. That. He wanted, it's out there. He did 20 years on the ground. He is oh. alleged to have desecrated 150 graves. Next time someone says to me, I want a daughter. I'm going to say, well, do you really? Because i tell you a story. <laughs> How bad do you want it? I and know a guy who went, wanted to have a child and ended up with 26. Yeah. Yes. Will, will you sleep on a grave at night just to see whether... Or just bring them home because it got too uncomfortable to sleep on the grave. So you brought them home. Yeah, you get older. And, yeah. and then they'll say, you don't want a daughter at all. You're just looking for sympathy. Okay. It's not okay. Ugh. No, no, it's not okay. I'm just trying to move the story up. Moskvin often regretted that he had never had children because no one would have sex with him. And at one oh. point, attempted to adopt a young girl against the wishes of his parents. But his application, and this is where I think the Russian authorities got it right, was denied. Mainly due to his low income, not because he was... I'd not well, have. yeah, no, they didn't get it right. They, they, they lucked out. I they may not have got to the point where they did the home check. I don't think they did. They just said you don't earn enough oh. money to support a child. Because you know what? 26 dead bodies in your house don't eat anything. They don't use energy. True. So there was no additional cost to having all these children that he had. That he no, created so for himself. at that conclusion beforehand. He, he didn't they have any children assessment of the house before they were allowed to well if they had i think they would have double denied is all i'm saying no they would have just said Look, we're not sure thing. if you could just Got get rid of all those big dolls and clear out some of the clutter maybe there's yeah. space for a child I, I wish we could live it live in a less affluent community and a more affluent community <laughs> he denied any sexual attraction in fact he's later gone on to say that he thought sex was disgusting he considered these dolls to be his children. He had a paternal relationship with them, not a sexual relationship in his head. Uh, he spoke to and interacted with the corpses, sang songs to them, watched cartoons with them, and even held birthday parties and celebrated holidays for their benefit. Oh. It's a little little bit like Kai Fortune. When you say you watch <laughs> movies with them, but they couldn't <laughs> actually see the movie, you didn't watch movies with them. Like... Oh. Like they might have been there, like they were know, dead. dead on the. They sofa were dead. They were dead. They were not watching. But you're not having a lot of like. What do you think about that, Dal? No, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. His behaviour was not as altruistic as he makes out. In 2014, the mother of Olga Chardamova nailed it. 
spoke uh, about is their she a experience. tennis player she is a victim of this story never so made it to wimbledon only played in the wild card that pretty young girl that i showed you earlier was her child oh oh i feel so, bad yeah. now for making wimbledon <laughs> jokes about that poor little kid's um yeah I'm going to really praise the story of Olga, but Olga was Frozen. murdered by someone else. Her mummified body was found five months later and then they interred her. So basically the family of, I think his name's Igor and Natalia, were incredibly, it was just blown up. That was their only child. And they lost this beautiful girl to someone else, not this idiot. And then to add insult to injury, this yeah. happens. So do they think that um, he was aware of the story when it was in the press? Did he go and look for her? They didn't think anything about this. Did they, did they forgive him for being an academic like the police? Did? They do not forgive him. We'll get to it. But he speaks 13 languages. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does not I'm make this okay. So on the 2nd of October in 2002, Olga was laid to rest in her initial laying of to rest in May 2003, Natalia and her husband Igor were erecting and painting. Hang on, can we stop for a sec? I yeah. love that we're talking about a Russian couple named Natalia and Igor. I'm sorry, I'll do it again. Okay. Natalia and Igor yeah. were erecting and painting a small metal fence that they put around the grave. When they came back the next day to finish it, someone had been there. They knew it because a wreath had been moved. Later in the same month... There was a man they, asleep on it. <laughs> no, no, not yet. So later the same month, they found a note signed with the letters DA, standing for Dobri Angel, like my Russian, or Kind Angel. Which means thank you. No, Kind Angel. Kind Angel. Oh. Oh. Which is the Hang name. On. So when, when, they, when they couldn't work out about the disturbance of the grave, like, did it look like it had been dug up, do you know? No, no, at this point it didn't. It just looked like okay. someone had been there and moved stuff, but they couldn't put their finger on it yeah. but a month later there was a note on the grave natalia says what is in natasha <laughs> just natalia says we shivered stroke, with fear stroke stroke <laughs> bail 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 stroke 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 bail 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 that was what's that show called i don't rocky know i had the moose and the squirrel yeah rocky, rocky and bullwinkle i know i know that your whole russian context is rocky and bullwinkle i picked that exactly. up from boris and natasha. natasha i picked that up from yeah. earlier but i Can know I, about um for a minute. that pony m song as well Rasputin. also not russians can we just respect <laughs> these people for a second just sorry i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry paul Bringing the vibe down a bit, can we respect Schmitty, these people? Did yeah. you um, did you clarify what was on the note from the kind angel, or did it just say kind angel? Or have you spent the last half hour trying to do that, and I've been rejecting? Paul is correct. I've been trying to tell you this, but we can't get past Rocky and fucking Bullwinkle. <laughs> Natalia then says of this note, which was just signed, and I don't know what the note says, which was. Dobra Angel or Kind Angel, right? Which is what he called himself. She says, we shivered with fear each time we went to the grave, not knowing what to expect. These sick anonymous notes were addressed to my daughter, calling her little lady. He congratulated her on all public holidays. He remembered about the 1st of September each year, which is the first day of school in Russia. What do you the mean he congratulated her on public holidays? He went holiday? to the grave. So 
I'm not sure when he exhumed her body and took it, but he kept going back to the grave. After he took it? I believe so. This is how I read this story. That This is the point. This is the torture. This is fucked up individual is doing to the parents right this is where the story diverts from other versions of this you've heard and this is why it's important you listen to me so it's it's way better that we keep questioning you because you, oh no no no, no question I, you you deliver these gems I, I totally encourage you to keep probing right he counted carefully which school grade she was about to enter as if she was still alive for example Happy last month of your sixth year at school. Imagine what it was like for us reading these notes about our murdered daughter. It was not at all like some sick joke, but a steer through our hearts. Isn't that awful? It's terrible. It's all awful. Like, yes. But Caroline, why do you think think that the body has been taken at this point? What, What suggested it has? Or was he continuing to go back? The child was 10 when she was murdered and she was murdered by someone else. Yes, we know that. Yep, got it. He had her body in his apartment for nine years following that. So, yeah, and I'm not entirely sure of the time period between her being buried and him taking her, but let's say it's a year. As she progresses through all these milestones, he goes back to the grave and he puts these notes on there. And the parents are like, what the fuck? And the mother, the mother keeps reporting this to police. But, <gasps> no. But because there is no, the police don't have any leads on this, right? So it's not until 2011 that they finally get a break in the space, which is this idiot wandering around. So this man saying, I brought these people in the light. They watch cartoons and they got to live on with me. Oh, thanks for that. Thank which you. Is, which is his story. Yeah. I couldn't find any evidence of any other person who had lost a person and who were part of this. So, who so I'm done struggling this to. with the... Um... Sorry, Paul. I don't think he targeted this family, but he did this behaviour. And that this means he could have done it to the other 26 people. Sorry, so 25 I'm really people. struggling with this story because it, it's really quite gross. And I just feel like <laughs> I need to... This, this is my way of coping. I need yeah, to go ahead. lighten it up a little bit. Did they win Wimbledon at all during this period? I have absolutely no idea. The Russian? It wasn't part of my research. You need to look that up yourself. Well, there were overs in there. They must have won some tennis tournament, surely. Stuart. I'm going to say yes. Stuart, can you get on that? Stuart, you get on that. Do the research (laughs) while I continue the story. Sometimes the confused parents arrived at the grave to find soft toys. One note, however, became threatening. If you don't erect a great monument, which she deserves, we will dig her body out. And by the way, at this point in time, her body's already been dug out. I'm pretty much. Exactly. Have these people heard of a stakeout? I mean, my God, I could have solved this some time ago. The grieving. Just go and hang out. They knew that he was doing the same thing on holidays, birthdays, New Year's Day. They, they were trying to act within the law and they're not American. The grieving parents erected a headstone in, in June 2003 and returned to find messages on it and that an axe had been taken to it. Ooh. What? Natalia reported to the police who told her there was little they could do. 
they told us if you find him, do what you want to this barbarian. We won't object. If, if you if, do our job for us, then if you find him, you can smash him into oblivion. At this point, we knew nothing about Moskvin or that by now he had already removed her. Oh, that's a sad bit. But if I'd met him at Olga's grave, I'd have killed him with my own hands, which is, you know, frankly, fair enough. Yes. Well, the okay. police are okay with that. They use the word barbarian, so they were thinking it was a, a bit of a... I, okay. feel like, I feel like what they were saying is that you could tie him by his hands and his feet to either end of a car and then drive off quickly. So in t- <laughs> they might have been saying that, but they, they certainly said it without words, Paul. So in 2011... They did catch him. And at that time, he was charged under Article 244 of the Criminal Code for the Desecration of Graves and Dead Bodies. I love which, that article. Which carried five years Over. in prison. Five per, years? Per body? Originally, Moskvin... Did you say Peabody or per body? She per said body. per body. That's, and I'll, we'll That's another this. reference to Rocky and Bullwinkle. Peabody, Peabody and Sherman. Mr. P- Peabody and Sherman, that's right. <laughs> Originally, he was also accused of having defaced the graves of Muslims, which is considered a hate crime, but that was dropped later. I'm, I'm just going to put it mission. out there that if you deface someone's grave, it's a hate crime regardless of their religion or, or anything else. Like, that, that's not a healthy crime. It's not a crime of, I don't know, Passion or I don't think it was a, a hate crime. No, I think the law says it as desecration of a grave versus a hate crime because this I'm is not about the law, right? I'm, I'm talking to you from my respected position as someone on the trial by wine panel, <laughs> and this is absolutely a hate crime. Well, from what I've read, this was not a hate crime, this was a bring them back to life, love them, love them better than their parents could do crime. This was not a hate crime, is all I'm going to say. That was. After a psychiatric evaluation, it was determined that he suffered from a form of paranoid schizophrenia. What? Surprise, surprise. In a hearing on the 25th of May, 2012, the Leninsky district of... Oh, it's getting real hard. LGA. Of the LGA. Nisky Novgorod... Deemed Mosgan, Mos, oh, I can't even say it anymore. Mahar Mahardi. I read so bit... much pirate juice. Unfit to stand trial, releasing him from criminal liability. He was instead allowed sentenced... to go back to university lecture. No, Don't study more. No, no, no. <laughs> he was instead sentenced to coercive medical measures. So we're going to lobotomize him, I think. The prosecution was satisfied with the decision and did not appeal the verdict. He's been lobotomized. No, I joked. That was a joke. I feel like that's a good sentence. <laughs> yeah. So he was no, That's a good to... one because it threatens his academic status. Anyway. You'll never think again, motherfucker. <laughs> in 2014, a spokesman said, after three years of monitoring him in a psychiatric clinic, it is absolutely clear that he's not mentally fit for trial. He, he will therefore be kept in psychiatric treatment at the clinic and by 2018 his doctor stated he was no longer dangerous and petitioned the district court of Nizhny Novgorod to release him for outpatient care at home 
your Russian just gets better and better. <laughs> I have to pause because it becomes harder and harder from well, my perspective. Sound like natural born Russian. Natalia and Igor. Igor. <laughs> Boris and Natasha. Have made this response. Upon hearing the news that Anatoly Moskvin was to be released, Natalia stated, this creature, I love that she doesn't even call him a human, brought fear, terror and panic into my life. I shudder to think that he will have freedom to go where he wants. Neither my family nor the families of other victims will be able to sleep peacefully. He needs to be kept under surveillance. I insist on a life sentence. Only under medical supervision, without the right of free movement, I still find it hard to grasp in the scale of his sickening work. For nine years, he was living with my mummified daughter in his bedroom. I had her for 10 years. He had her for nine years. He is incurable. Oh. If he is released, he cannot be treated properly as an outpatient. He will just stop taking pills. And at some stage, he will return to his sinister actions as he has promised to do so. I'm with her on that. Me too. I don't disagree. Yeah. Local prosecutors agree with Natalia, although psychiatrists state that Anatoly, now in his early 50s, is improving. Anatoly Moskvin even allegedly told them not to bother reburying the girls too deeply as he will simply dig them up again when he's released. So That's that, not feels, improving. that feels like a contradiction, doesn't it? I, I remember seeing a thing, um, might have been a Catherine Tate thing, where there was a receptionist who just worked in this office area and she just used to tag the wall behind her with her own graffiti tag. And they'd come in and say to her, you can't do that. We're going to have to paint that. And she goes, we can do that. I'll just do it again. This and it, it feels nuts. like that's exactly his message. Like, you know, like, do what you want. I'll just do it again. It's Matag. Matag. This, this guy is nuts. Is and he criminally insane? Stuart, Stuart, sorry, Stuart, could you please Google what is the definition of criminally in insane to answer that? Yep. Carl, I think you can declare him trial by wine insane if you feel so fit. No doubt about that. I'm just wondering. 100%. Yeah. Does it mean to be criminally insane? This individual has done a bunch of dumb shit and criminal Don't shit. Don't say dumb. It's way worse than dumb. Well, he didn't kill anyone and he didn't try to eat them and he didn't try to cook he them. He dug them them up. Is that our new benchmark? If you haven't skinned somebody or attempted to eat them or serve them to their children. Well, I don't know. That's, that's why I'm that looking bad. for Stuart to tell us what criminal criminally. The reason I ask that is I'm intrigued to know whether or not we can use his own level of intelligence. Is he, yeah, is he using that to fool? So Stuart's going to give us the definition of insanity. As, as you asked. Carla, you asked for criminal insanity, yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay. so this is the like insanity, insanity defence. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Give it so a If go. you're going to use the insanity defence, this is what you would say. Okay, the insanity defence, also known as the mental disorder defence, is an affirmative defence by 
excuse in a criminal case, arguing that the defendant is not responsible for their actions due to an episodic or persistent psychiatric defense at the time of the criminal act. I, I just feel like this is where trial by wine differs from the real legal fraternity. I don't give a fuck about the definition of insanity from a legal point of view. This bloke is a whack job and <laughs> he needs to be punished accordingly. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Okay. How good is trial by wine as opposed to trial by legal? Well, it's it's literally all about it's literally all about the common court, but may not get as much of a play as it should. And the common court in our current situation is three people, but we're very happy to open it up to many more people. Listeners okay. should absolutely join in with their uh, views via Facebook or trialbywine.com. Uh, trialbywine at gmail.com. Yes, and, and we want their opinions because it shouldn't be a, a jury of three, it should be a jury of many. So in 2020, in an article from the New York Post.com, Moskvin refused to apologize to his victim's parents. Forrest and Natasha. <laughs> as he attended a custody and I Igor. As he attended a custody hearing amid his efforts to be released from psychiatric hospital to care for his elderly mother Peace. and live, and here it comes, with his new girlfriend. He's a fucking sicko. Is she in the land of the living? <laughs> he wants she's, to sleep on her grave. Have you met his girlfriend? I don't know. I didn't investigate it, but I'm going to say he has been in psychiatric. That was um, that was cemetery number seven hundred and fifty-three, where he met his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, her epitaph is amazing. She's like totally my type of person. He's been in psychiatric care for eight to nine years. And someone yep. thought it was a great idea to talk to him and form a relationship with him. It must be love. Love, love, love. love. How does she communicate? How do you communicate with somebody in a psychiatric facility? Through letters. I mean, in, in prison through when you're bars. not. Well, I just don't know how you make contact. I find that it's hard to believe. Bars. Carla, I think it's probably similar to a prison situation where people... She probably wrote letters, letters to him, yeah. You probably I met them in the common letters. room. Common people. But he one flew over to, the cuckoo's nest, what I'm thinking of. He's, he's, he's now appealing so he can get out, so he can be with his new girlfriend and his mother and look after his mother. His statements on his past is... These girls are girls, he said. There are no parents, in my view. I don't know any of them. Besides, they buried their daughters, and this is where I believe their rights over them finished. So I will not apologise. Jesus. Fuck me. <laughs> I know it's a language violation. But they've done a great job in the psychiatric violation. facility, haven't they? Wow, they've really, they've really brought him on leaps yeah. and bounds. He's yeah. been reformed. He's a reformed whack. Yo, oh, wow. To be, fair, to be fair, they denied it. They denied it. Only his won't happen again. To be fair. Oh. That commentary. I'm pretty sure his appeal was denied. Anyway, one medical commission has already recommended 
releasing Mosklin, asserting his schizophrenia had been treated, but this was overturned by a court, thank fuck. Moskvin yeah. says, sorry, I won't speak about it. Previously, he has told the parents of his victims, you abandoned your girls in the cold, and I brought them home and warmed them up. No, you didn't, you fucking whack girl. <laughs> Correct. Stop that shit. Natalia, shot him over. 2007 Wimbledon winner. No, the mother of Olga. Oh. That beautiful little girl we saw earlier. I'll stop it. I, I, I like to live in fantasy land when it comes to that beautiful little girl. I can't deal with the reality. So um, I, I know I'd like to live. I like to believe she's still living, and not in a weird in a weird apartment in a poor her poor parents. L, LGA blah. No, right. They've just like, suffered and suffered and suffered. First she was murdered, missing for five months because it's a little bit traumatic. No, the whole thing's funny. Like notwithstanding the whole. 25 other bodies that were found yeah i know that's just the one only family. story yeah the only story i know about is olga's and it is so incredibly awful for that family yeah, yeah and the suffering just goes on she's not been there's none of them that are at peace it's no awful. there's no closure to that point carla natalia shot him over yes didn't realize her regular visits to her daughter's gravesite the coffin was empty right she's opposed his release and said this creature brought fear terror and panic to my life with his grotesque abuse of the dead children did you say metamucil no no well i don't know what you heard you know just trying to break up the macabreness because we need to move on from the suffering because it's really hurtful i think we should just um okay okay we'll go to the next phase whatever that is she wants him to spend the rest of his time in hospital, which is fair yeah. enough. I feel like that's not really where she wants him to spend the rest of his time, but... She has she has created an unmarked grave so he can't dig her up again. Oh. oh. That's... Well, because because he's threatened to do so. And oh. so she can she can respectfully her visit her child. She buried her daughter. Okay, I'm at the end. Right. If you thought this story couldn't get any weirder, oh yes. god, there is apparently an online petition supporting Anatoly Moskovin's actions, which says free Anatoly Moskovin. I shall quote this: Anatoly Moskovin has been unjustly imprisoned in a psychiatric ward for showing a great deal of tender, loving care to dead children. Please help him, free him from this injustice. I'd, I'd like to encourage all of our trial by one supporters to not do that like five by now to vote against that petition i don't know how you do it but i just we'll just that, don't enter it um, did, don't you, enter did you get it in your inbox this week for chart <laughs> was it change.org.org <laughs> <laughs> not. I, I got oh. a whole lot of messages saying your parcel is ready to pick up <laughs> but i so don't then- so they oh, may have accidentally pressed yes for um so their justification of this I don't sorry. always read them. <laughs> their justification of this is and quote why is it that when an archaeologist digs up dead bodies to oh, put on stop pu- it no Gosh. I don't even want to hear it <laughs> to put on public display it's perfectly acceptable but when but when Anatoly Moskvin does it he's a sick criminal. languages academic 
I actually literally studied archaeology at university. No one thought archaeology was the study of modern dead people. Exhuming graves. Exhuming modern graves. No yes. one in the world having Shock done me. two years Shock of archaeology me. in my <laughs> pissant arts degree. No one said it's okay to dig up someone who's been dead for literally a year, and that's called archaeology. So they're saying he's an archaeologist. I love it. They're oh, saying, like- what's the difference? And I will tell you the difference is time. You like, cannot um, call. Get back a term. <laughs> you cannot call <laughs> digging someone up literally within two years of their death, archaeology. End it's, of. That's what I learned. It's, on, it's like Indiana Jones versus Jane Gum from um, Silence of the, of the Lambs. Like, Correct. You know, one of them is studying shit that happened a long time ago. One of them just a sick fuck. I agree. And yeah. so this petition should be shut the fuck down. But also right. it's not supported by the fact that he wasn't, he never said that he was doing it for sort of archaeological reasons. He said no. it was to liberate them and keep them warm or do whatever else. So he never yeah. made it any sense. Very, very yeah, real time. Went, it was very yeah. real time reasons. I've got a question. Go ahead. So when you were when he was at trial, was there any psychiatric evaluation done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And was he, was, he found you know, in sound mind or No, not? he he was um he was uh, diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Right, yeah. As a child. No, no, through oh, as in, after he got arrested. In trial. Oh, sorry, in trial. My apologies. Yeah, sorry. Not in yeah, trial. in trial. After he got arrested, because uh, <laughs> his parents thought this hobby was fine. I feel like enough storytelling. Let's judge the fucker. Who's going to start? Well, it won't be me because I always find this to be the hardest. You go first. Paul, you, do it. You'll judge the reporter, I feel, Swanee. <laughs> of course, I'm the I really struggle I'm the with the reporter. judging part. I've pulled together so many resources. I'm literally the reporter. You can't judge me. I gave you a lot of detail on the story. You certainly I feel did. like I'm going to, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try I to simplify the whole thing, right? Because because this is messed up. I'm not happy with it, but I feel like a Russian crime deserves a Russian punishment. So what, yeah. what I want for Siberia and Anatoly Siberia is and to be um, a part of Russian wedding dolls. He's the innermost one. And then there's like six on the outside. So he'll be, he'll be alive on the inside. And, and if they actually get through the six layers to him, the, the fifth layer is impenetrable. So he could actually hear them knocking, saying, are you okay? Our amazing... Polygot. What's that Polygot. word for smart people? Um, Genius, polygot, linguist. That's it. We used it, no, we used it earlier. He's uh, polygot. Um, no, it wasn't academic. Polygot. It was academic. So he's you know, <laughs> our amazing academic who studies all of the graves in our community. Like, how are we going to live without this man in our community? We all actually want to rescue him. At that point, he can hear them. Bill cannot be rescued. We'll we'll die in a, a Russian wedding doll grave. Yeah, well, I'm going to go further to that. 
that maybe right. maybe all the things that people are serving to him are questions about the dead. Yes. Because it, that's his field of ex expertise. That's what makes him important. That's what makes him know stuff. So if he could hear all these questions, but no one could hear the answers, like it's a maddening state where he's like, it's a, it's almost like doing this podcast where I say something and then you speak over the top of me. And I think <laughs> I was just saying that it's quite maddening. Imagine that times a thousand percent. <laughs> Ah, yes, imagine Very that. True. Imagine <laughs> that. Pissy. Pissy. <laughs> I feel like you've got a gem to Go add on, right now. What have no you thought about coming. now? Yeah, what have you got now? Well, I, I always go back. And I'm back at the very beginning when the police first came across him in the cemetery. And it's that idea of people taking somebody because of the way they present themselves. So he's, he's just said, I'm an academic, so end of. So why have you not sort of, I, I, he needs to be judged there and then, I think, which is, I don't care what you are. You're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. It doesn't matter that you speak 13 languages, that you're polyglot or whatever. I think for someone like him to not be able to wield his genius or the fact that he's an academic um, university lecturer, I think that would be a huge punishment for him because yeah, he'd be called out for just being... Okay. You know, a devo at best, um, and actually just a an insane an average person. Yeah. I agree that everything that made that man feel okay about himself was his academic yes. criteria. Because yeah. he seemed to be so supported by people that he had an audience. Are you he saying you want to introduce his throat to a bar mix? Yeah, a bar mix is oh. a, a brand that is established. Yes, I know a bar mix. He's like throat. mashes up your soup. I feel like that would stop him from spreading his filth. Is that what you're saying? Or did I <laughs> uh, you may have taken a little bit of creative license there, but yeah, I think that if he didn't have the the support and you know the network of other people who thought that he was, you know, someone of and a faux respect. Yeah, it's just like, crap. You need someone who can see right through his flimsy charade. Yeah, correct. I think it was. And, real and we'll respect. talk about this a Call lot him more. Out. We love a flimsy charade. <laughs> I think Don't it was me. real respect because they didn't know he was a nutter. Um, and, and they couldn't even see that it was a nutter because the stench got in the way. Can I tell you my sentence? Yeah. Having researched the case and given some thought prior to the both of you giving thought to this. I think while he's in his psychiatric ward, completely isolated from his mother and his new girlfriend or whatever, that he should be made to create reborn dolls from non-human. No, from non-human products. So he's he's got a skill up because his his <laughs> literal creations are nothing like the reborn dolls that we saw earlier they are artistic and they give them away immediately so he can't enjoy a connection to those dolls he can't feel himself as the creator they're gone and also he's not allowed to watch any cartoons or have any birthday parties ever because that's what he did with the girls i feel like he might um, spank the monkey a little bit to the whole reborning thing. Maybe That's you just need to give him really poor tools so that he can't, when he tries to re 
born things, I think is the term. I don't really know. Give him the, some bad craft. Um, so despite materials? his best efforts, they so still So he look gets terrible. really bad craft materials. Yeah, so he can't actually do a good job of reborn well, anything. To be fair, his dolls were the worst reborn dolls ever, comparative to <clears throat> artists that do that. Only in our sense, right? So in his world, that was amazing. I feel like he needs not a like a not a fine permanent marker, but a really fat permanent marker, so that the lines are not very defined. I think he needs to stay in psychiatric care. Correct. And, and not do any of these things. And oh, Stuart's got a little bit to add. Go on, Stuart. From what I've heard, I'm hearing he's a. Uh, a visual person so i'm tipping we need to all of those things that you've said before in sentencing but we also need to take some visual away from him so if that's a hot poker in the eye or something Ooh, like that an eye for an eye oh. yeah oh an eye sorry, for an eye I don't how think about he deserves to see stuff i'm i'm really cool with harsh punishment for this quote mm. Another thing I'd like to explore is that he um, slept on the graves of dead people, and that's one way of um, respecting people who've died. Another way is cremation, and, and maybe I'd like him to sleep on a body that is about to be cremated. So you just push him and the dead body into the furnace and maybe finish him off that way. Yep, that's quite definitive. Yeah, I'm not a supporter of him. You might have picked that up through the journey of this podcast. <laughs> and I'm not vocal at all. So You're not pro-Anatoly? You know, what's, what's interesting is that um, we've covered two murder stories prior to now and we didn't murder either of them or see that the death penalty was required. This man didn't kill anyone. But What's, what's interesting is that you started this off with no one died. And in fact, like 26 people. No, I said no one was murdered. But even the story we focused on, she was murdered. But not by him. My point was. It's a little bit fraudulent though, like, you know. (laughs) My point was, he didn't murder anyone. He just picked up where someone else left off. Correct. And and you've got that really good balance between macabre and humour without the (laughs) humour. Well, that's my case. And it's a brilliant one. I think yep. it's very interesting. Basically, yeah. going to sentence Anatoly to what was your sentence, Kaki? Uh, it was the Russian wedding cremation. I, I want him to be like six layers in, so that even if people try that hard to sentence him, he'll still be in the last impenetrable doll. Because he loves dolls. Or, or literally cremation. Also okay with that sleep with the, the dead as they burn. And Carla? Oh, I don't know. I'm what? just so disturbed by it. I just, I think he's a man who gets off on the power of his, the way the people, the way people think of him. They think that he's so if you a specialist in these subjects. And they, t- I don't know what to do. I just think take that away from him some way so that he's not revered. He's not, not respected. Yeah. yeah, he becomes a nobody, and that yeah, and his house no is, support, is no interest, no following, no nothing. So he just doesn't have any. Cannot spend time with dolls. Yeah, Can't spend time anywhere. Can't be seen in the public eye whatsoever. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Schmitty, your final sentence? I think there are a lot of people who um, are attracted to death and they don't go down the path that this guy goes. So I think he should remain in a psychiatric facility until he dies, frankly. That, that's the softest sentence I will ever expect it's from not, this it, whole it, podcast. It's not really, Paul, because if I were to sentence you to a psychiatric ward and you had to experience that, it wouldn't be fun. It's not shits and giggles. As long as you're comfortable with it, like it's, it's your sentence, right? I am really comfortable with that. Because you know what? Some nurse, because I've only watched things like... Uh, Clockwork Orange will come along and lobotomize you. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yes, good point. Could be true. It's bad. Okay, so that's a sentence done. I'm happy to close the case of Anatoly Moskvin, the Russian grave robber. Thank you for an amazing story. Well done, Schmitty. You will mess with my dreams tonight, and I uh, <laughs> love you for that. No, you don't. Correct. All right, guys. Thanks very much and uh, see you next time or hear you next time. Back to you later. <laughs> see you, Back thank already. you. Bye. Yes. Already. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine, or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.